I want to share with you something that's very important. It uh, didn't change my life at the time, but it has now. I can see back. And our memories, our, our past mistakes can really lead to great learning if we'll let them. I want to go from Philippians 2.3. This is in the New King James Version where it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. And it goes on to say, let each esteem others better than himself. I want to show you something um, of my life where it didn't go this way at all. I remember I had a time when I used to race motorbikes, enduro bikes, and they're like motocross bikes. Now, my bike was an XR250, which was a four-stroke bike. There's four strokes and there's two-stroke bikes. And I was at an enduro race. Now, I'd had um, a flu. I wasn't feeling 100%, but I'd prepped up this bike. And I'd replaced the springs in the front forks and put new um, sprockets and chain on, you know, new, new knobby tyres. It was trick. It was a trick XR250 anyway. Not one of the most powerful, but they can get around corners pretty quick. And my thoughts were to get to that race and win it in my category and get my way up into the professional riding area. And I could do it. So I was lined up at the line and here as was, um, you know, in this line of about 30 bike riders. And we all started our... our um, our bikes we're just idling there here's jeff saying he's the president of the club this is just a practice lab do not race whatever you do do not race this is just so you can see the track make sure you understand what the obstacles are so we can have a safe um, race when, when when we all come back now to the left of me there was people like jeff ballard who was uh you know a national um, enduro champion and others like him and my my ego was just going through the roof um you know there was thunder you could hear the bikes revving up and there was just thunder in the air and anyway one two three off we went and it was like a race to me my mind was like it was a race it was all about winning. It was just, just had to get through that, um, through that time there at the end in a good time, in a fast time. And I would do whatever it took to get to that place. But going through the, the last corner, I um, was just heading towards a, a flat track, a flat track in front of me. And beside me came a a, a bike and it was a two-stroke and it started passing me and I thought no way no way no way that's that, that's not going to pass me no not a two-stroke and uh, so I floored it and I was you know top speed would have been over 120 kilometers an hour and whack I went straight into a uh, a hill which was like a 45 degree hill at about 120 plus it was sitting there but I didn't see it I wasn't 100% well and my focus was on just getting in front of this guy well I got in front of him all right the next thing I remember is barely being able to breathe uh, in so much pain it was excruciating my back was killing me I was on all fours with my hands on the ground my face had had expanded to the to the shape of my my helmet and it was a full face helmet and it was pushing on the side. So it had just blown up. Something was wrong with my jaw. 
Uh, and there was blood all over the ground. There was a pool of blood all over the ground. And I could hardly breathe. Every breath I took was just so much pain. Well, you know, the uh, the ambulance guy did some something wrong. He just grabbed me by the hand and put me in his, in his car. And I was just excruciating. The ambulance turned up and they just immediately put me on a board and started pumping um, things into me. And I, I don't know what was going on. But it was bad. It was really bad. Now, I had three kids and a wife, and they were there on that day, and they saw what was happening. It was not good. Not good at all. Whilst I kept making jokes and sticking my thumb in the air saying everything's all right, it was not good. They had to deal with that. My poor wife and kids. My goodness. I ended up in the hospital, and that was the most torturous time that I've ever experienced. I was on morphine. A morphine drip, but it didn't work. I didn't know how to use it properly, and the nurses didn't show me. Uh, and there was a guy beside in their next bed who had visitors. Visitors. He was culturally different to me, and their culture was that someone needed to be with him 24-7, and there was constant, constant conversation going on. I did not get any sleep. I did not get any break. I was hallucinating. I was in deep pain. Eventually, they let me out, and I was um, put onto a board in my bed, a flat board, for about eight weeks. Now I look back at it and I think, well, what's that about? Well, it was about me. Me, 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 me. I needed to get in front. I needed to be uh, gloried. I really needed to be in a, a place where I could perform and, and win and uh, get to that place where I wanted to be. It was about selfish ambition. Romans 8.28, or Romans 8 comes up. The attitude that comes from selfishness leads to death. But the attitude that comes from the Spirit leads to life and peace. And in, in the King James Version, it says it this way. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Well, I didn't know anything about God at the time. And my focus was on me. It was just on me all the way, not on my family, not on anything else. It affected my income, it affected uh, my relationships, it affected everything, and eventually it ended up in divorce. And that's not a good place. That's, that's not a place for anyone to end up. God says not to do that. God is the orchestrator of our life. And as we move more and more into understanding who he is, we'll see more and more and more of um, what it means to be in him and in him there is peace there is safety there's security there's love there's joy there's hope there's all these things that are that are given to us through God but little did I know at that time today I, I look back and I see well you know that was that was uh, self-centeredness that was all about me that was about selfish ambition and that leads to death and it nearly did if I'd been um, one, one vertebrae higher, I had a fractured spine. And if it had been one vertebrae higher, I would have been fully paralysed. And that would have been the result of my selfish ambition. So many people are living in selfish ambition, not even knowing it could be you. Uh, it was me, and it's still me. At times, I, I catch myself... Uh, doing things just f for what, all about me, all, all what I want. And I catch it and I go, hang on, 
what does the Word of God say here? What does He actually say about this? Because in the Word of God, we have everything that we need to live the life of freedom that He wants for us. Freedom, His hope, His joy, His peace. He'll give comfort in the storms. If we'll follow what He wants, He says to humble Himself. Jesus was humbled. He humbled Himself. He followed the Philippians 2.3. He didn't consider others of more value than Him. He did actually consider others of more value than him. He considered them so much more than him. Not like me. I did not consider others of more value than me. Yeah, sure, I helped people, but the focus was on what did I need to make me feel good? What did I need to do to get what I needed to feel good? And and that is the way of the world. There's so much more, so much more. God will give you peace, peace that's not of this world's understanding. And God will will show you how to move through life in a way that's away from your own thinking. That's his thinking. His thinking needs to become your thinking so that in all your ways, you are thinking the way that God would think. But how can you do that without knowing the word of God? (laughs) You know, we care about things so much. 1 Peter 5, 6 talks about um, being exalted. Now, Jesus was exalted. You can be exalted. As he is, so are you. So are we in this world. It talks about being exalted. That means lifting above the problems into God because he doesn't have problems. So how do we get there? Well, he says um, to humble ourselves under his mighty hand. How? Well, by casting the cares onto him, because he cares for you. Now, the cares of this world, the anxiousness, the worry, the the frightening things, um, thinking about them are strongholds in your mind. They can become strongholds in your mind. And we need to capture those thoughts, bring them into the obedience of Christ, know that they're not, they're good, they're not good at all, they're, they're cares, they're spiritual cares, and hand them to God. Have a think. If you think about the, the cares, the worries, the concerns, are they from God? Well, no, they're not. The Bible says they're not. The Bible says he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's 1 Timothy 7. And the thing is, you know, if we're fighting against it in the flesh, what's going on? We're, we're, we're being self-centered again. It's all about me trying to make me feel better. Whereas God says, don't do that. Cast your cares to me because they are spirits. He hasn't given you or me the spirit of fear. Now, he's the spirit, not us. His spirit lives in us if we're born again. And we have access to that spirit for him to do his work and set us free. <laughs> and pass over all those feelings, all those, those, those doubtful thoughts over to him. Let him deal with it. He wants them. He wants them so you can be free. To be you as he has created. When you look at a, a, a tractor or a, a car's motor, motor okay, so a, a motor has a manual. Um, all the electronics and everything else that go into it. It's complicated. It's amazingly complicated and it's so detailed to make a motor for a vehicle. Imagine how detailed it would be to make a manual 
for the human body. I mean, no one has one except God. I mean, there's no, there's no manual on earth um, that a man has made how to create a body. <laughs> but God has told us how he created it in a basic way, through the dirt, and his word. His words created the earth. <laughs> he spoke the world into existence. So don't go to man for your advice on how to live this life. Go to the Bible. That's where God has put his word. He's put his word in a way that will transform your life. He will open up the gateways to um, greatness because you're glorifying him and not yourself. (laughs) There's so much goodness in what God has done for you and me. And he wants us to live this life free and bring others into that freedom as we see it too. I just pray that this, um, this message uh, lifts up an attitude um, that comes from the Spirit and it leads you into life and peace. In the name of Jesus. Amen.